Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is usually not longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone. Thank you. You too. Yeah, it is the start of 2023, which um, I definitely I would say this year it kind of snuck up on me in a weird way of thinking where I was like, oh, it's it's a new year. <laughs> like, the calendar's turned over. Um, it's been a very busy and, and mostly almost in a good way, but it's like it's been a very busy kind of Christmas, New Year, holiday season for me and um, kind of st- very slowly starting to emerge back into the, what is work? What does work look like? What will actually, you know, what, what am I going to do in the next um, five months um, before WWDC? Because I will say it is such a complicated thing. Um, like being self-employed, one of the great benefits is that you have complete control to some degree of your schedule, which is great, except it means that you sometimes have periods in the holidays like I just had where I didn't do a lot of work. I focused on family and had a good time with lots of different things and like that means that now I'm sort of like I'm coming back to work and I have to remind myself what it is I'm doing, what work I'm doing, what that's going to look like. And so it seemed like kind of a good point to have an episode to kind of think through and talk through. Um, in many ways, if you haven't noticed, under the radar is just Marco and I thinking about our work in, in, in a, you know in a, by verbalizing it um, and helping us work out what it is we, you know we're trying to do. Um, and I think for our first episode. Let's take a look and say, okay, there's, I think, 146 days till when I think WWDC is probably going to be. It's about five months. Um, and what do I want to accomplish in the next half of the year? What is that going to look like? What does getting back to work mean? Um, kind of just start thinking about what are, maybe what are sort of the, the high-level things, maybe even a few specifics of you know, what we hope to accomplish in the first half of 2023. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Dave, what you're talking about. I had a remarkably, pro, uh, just massively productive uh, Christmas season and New Year. I, I definitely was not uh, doing all sorts of family stuff and getting sick and dealing with all this. It's, oh, my God. I, I just looked. My, my last Overcast commit was December 17th. Today is January 9th. So it's it's been a while, since, been a while. I've, since I've done any work. Um, I've, I've, the only work I've done in the meantime is making podcasts like that's, that's, and only cause they're scheduled. <laughs> that's, that's it. Like that's all I've been doing because I've just had no time. And so I'm also now having to like get kind of back into this mode and remember like, what was I working on? And, and I'm, I'm telling you, I actually am a little bit nervous, uh, because, you know, first of all, this is the time of year when you realize that time has gotten away from you because you know we talk about we talk about the Apple uh, year and you know you just mentioned the kind of WWDC kind of starts it and so I don't think of of like the new year having just begun I think of you know terms of a kind of like seasons or halves of like all right what am I doing this winter and this winter is already pretty well in progress <laughs> like yes. we are already somewhat far into this winter. Uh, you know, if if I consider it kind of starting maybe November, <laughs> you know, like kind of like, you know, whenever whenever the fall hardware releases and software releases kind of calm down and and, you know, you're kind of done with new stuff for those. That's usually around November. And so now I'm, you know, two months in and <laughs> I, I have not gotten done what I want to what I wanted to have gotten done by this point. Um, and th- this happens to me every year. This is not a new thing. Um, <laughs> the years are shorter than I think they are, and winters are busier than I think they are. 
And I always think like, oh, I picture myself almost like a cartoon, like sitting in my office with snow falling out the window, hot cup of coffee on the on the desk, and just I just have all winter to just be at my computer. And that's not how it works at all. No, <laughs> not even close. So I, you know, not only am I am I a little far behind, but um, one thing that's been giving me a little bit of of um, stress, I think maybe or or maybe some kind of very mild form of anxiety uh, is. That there, there's recently been multiple rumors to the effect that we might be getting the Apple AR or mixed reality headset not only this year and not only by WWDC, but possibly even before WWDC. Yeah. <laughs> and and that is um, – I think that's interesting because, you know, I, I think of my own plans for the future and, and how, to, how to prepare myself – and my skills and my app, if relevant, uh, for uh, what what seems to be pretty likely to be a new platform that's coming out within our world, within the Apple world here, um, and that that is probably going to have impact on our apps, uh, or at least our lives as developers. You know, even if our current apps don't make sense or or can't be run on a, a you know an, an Apple mixed reality headset. Uh, or whatever product constellation that might be, that doesn't mean that we as any developers will have nothing to do there. Like, you know, there's probably going to be lots of opportunities opened up whenever there's a major new hardware product launched. And, you know, it, it might turn out to be kind of like the Apple Watch, where it's it, where there's like a good market, but not an amazing market for third-party apps. Um, or it might turn out like the iPhone, where there's a massive market for third-party apps, and and we don't really know. Or it could turn out like the iMessage store or the Apple TV, where there's a very, very, very small market for mostly specialized types of things, that, and most of us won't have much to do there. Um, I think knowing nothing about this product at all, <laughs> um, I, I think it's, it's likely to have um, probably something along the lines of the apple watch in terms of like what what we should probably be prepared to do on this platform you know the level of the level of attention that developers in terms of like you know app plans and career plans should be paying is probably something along the lines of the apple watch uh, at least for the time being and so that to me it kind of tells me a couple things you know, you know number one it, it tells me first of all i i want all of my skills to be pretty up to date because if they're going to launch a brand new platform, you know it's going to use not only all of their newest tech like you know Swift UI and, and everything like that, but it's probably going to exclusively use their newest tech. And so, you know, this is the time to brush up on Swift UI, especially I would say, um, and and possibly some AR stuff if you have interest in this world. Um, and and this is definitely a time to look at your app and say what kind of legacy um, requirements do I have that might not work? Like if Apple has has a new platform that drops all legacy frameworks and stuff like that, you know, if I was still using the old audio audio toolbox code, like maybe that wouldn't be there on an AR headset. Uh, you know, if, if you know if I'm still using some kind of old you know, C++ framework, you know, maybe that's not going to be exposed on the AR and, you know, XROS or whatever we're calling it, ROS. Um, so this is a time to, if, if you're if you're looking in the direction of there's about to be a new platform release in our ecosystem, this is a time to get rid of legacy in your app as much as you can, to, to stop relying on legacy uh, frameworks, 
uh, legacy code bases as much as possible to brush up your skills in as much new stuff as you can get you know get to know like the the new intense frameworks and and you know obviously new ui stuff swift concurrency get all this stuff under your belt because chances are with a new platform coming if you're going to want to bring over any of your common code to this new platform it's probably going to have to be pretty modern to work there um and and you might have to do a lot of um, simplification also so it has to it's going to have to be well structured it's going to have to be clean it's going to have to have like you know different components you could easily enable or disable on different platforms um so it's it's kind of a time to to both modernize and clean up your code yeah uh, or if you can't do that with a particular app or if it doesn't make sense to do that with a, with a particular app uh clean up your plate so that you can maybe start a new app or start a new version of of your app on this new platform. And and those are both uh, pretty big jobs for most people. I know certainly for me, that's a, that's a very big job, you know, with my massive legacy code base <laughs> and my very full plate. Um, so, you know, and, and I think, you know, based on, you know, based on the rumors of this thing being this, you know, probably fairly expensive, you know, fairly specialized product to start and then maybe coming more mass market later, um, this is probably not going to set the world on fire immediately, but it is it is going to be something that we should be prepared for a big bomb to drop in our in our ecosystem and like you know be ready to jump on new opportunities if they arise and and things like that. And so that that to me makes us a different kind of year than the average winter and spring. You know, we talked in the past about winter and spring being a good time to like, you know, kind of go to like to to plow through some some big items on your to-do list. This is a great time to add new features to your app, to to pay down technical debt, to, you know, to to do to do big operations because you don't have the standard like beta and new OS release and new hardware release cycle interfering much usually between between January and June. Um, so this is usually a good time to do a whole bunch of this kind of work anyway, but I think this year in particular, because we are expecting that there very, very likely may be a new platform dropping, um, this is a good year to do to kind of focus more on the cleanup and preparedness side, and maybe less on the new features side. If you think you might want to jump into this new market, yeah, and I think it's like there's always it's it is such an interesting time of year as a developer because it is. I very much had the same feeling as you of sort of the first half of the winter developer season that sort of once all the, you know, initial fall hardware is out and things are kind of settled down and you've maybe done a few point releases with the new OSs and things and it's like that's all out and done. Then you have the sort of the busy time, but not with work um, of, you know, Thanksgiving through New Year's more or less, where it tends to be. I can get some work done, but not necessarily a ton. And then now it's sort of this things start to settle down. You know, things start to open up in terms of my work uh, capability. And usually it is. It's a great time to kind of really, I, I think really is important for at least what I've found is to look at this as, okay, say I had two months, three months, four months, what would, it, you know, what would I want to accomplish? And, you know, can I, structure my time and effort towards that with the, the look towards any plan that goes past the first week of June is foolish is, is unlikely to be something. It may happen. You know, maybe it may be a quiet year for you at WWDC. You never know. But in general, having that view to, I have this limited amount of time. What do I want to get done in it? 
And I think to your point, for a lot of it is making sure that like the decks are clear for whatever's whatever you you kind of are anticipating is going to be coming, and that you are ready, and that your apps are ready. Um, and I keep thinking of the WWDC slide from the State of the Union last WWDC, where it's like very clearly Apple's you know says we believe the best way to make apps is with Swift and Swift UI, and that is in many ways, for better or worse, been like in the back of my mind and the theme that I'm kind of applying to my own work um, ever since. That if they sort of, they're not saying the old stuff is going away, they're saying going forward, this is where if you want to be a relevant developer, you should be putting a lot of your effort to be an expert. Like refine and develop your expertise in these two technologies because that is what's going to be most relevant going forward. And so that's been largely what I'm doing. That's, you know, what I've been doing in Pedometer Plus Plus, where I've been doing this big update to it, is essentially rebuilding almost the entire app in Swift and Swift UI. Like at this point, I'm expecting there will just be like some core data handling stuff that will still be Objective C. And I'm other than and that's only going to stay stay Objective C because I'm terrified to try and change it because it's you know it's the sort of the that 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 core business logic that's you know it's sort of it's starting to become the makes me think of all the like mainframe banking software that's written in Fortran or something that like I just don't feel confident to change this so I'm just going <laughs> to let, let it be there until um, I absolutely can't but everything else it, like all, it's everything around it is going to be in Swift and Swift UI both to clear the decks in terms of the, you know, making it so that I can more easily and straightforwardly share code between things and move forward and be ready if there's a new platform I need to extend my app into, as well as preparing me for, you know, understanding what the new stuff in Swift and SwiftUI is. Like, one of my little sort of jobs for the next few months is like, you start using Swift concurrency, because at this point, I've never used it other than when I had to use it for like in live activities, and there's a few things that you have to use it, but I've never written anything against it because I'm kind of have one leg in an old legacy, you know, Grand Central Dispatch uh, code base. And so it's like, these are the kind of things that I want to really come out. My hope would be to come out, you know, the end of May, um, ready with all the, all the technology skills and abilities, like, you know, under my belt, ready to go. And that's what I want. And, you know, so structuring my work, on whatever it is, on kind of getting ready so that I can dive into whatever new opportunities may present themselves. And worst case, there's no new opportunities that are very important. And I've just improved myself, which is not a pretty bad, you know, not a bad thing to, to end up with uh, by any means. Yeah, because, you know, it, what we're talking about is, you know, this, this kind of, you know, cleanup, modernization of your skills and your code base, you know, paying down tech debt, adopting new APIs. First of all, this is the kind of thing that you kind of have to do over time anyway, even when there aren't new platform releases on the horizon. Um, but also, this is a large component of what we usually do, you know, before WBDC, like in the, in the lead up to WBDC every year. That's usually a good idea because usually some of the stuff that you, that you, you know, some of your older code or frameworks might be about to be deprecated in the next OS releases, um, or there might be like some new technology you want to adopt or some new SDK you want to use that comes out that requires, you know, a new a newer environment uh, that to be running within. So, you know, th- th- this is kind of the, the usual advice that we give right before WBC, but, but I think here, because we're expecting this, this larger platform to, to be very likely to drop this year, I think 
it makes more sense again to to spend even more time doing that and maybe less time doing new feature exploration than than you otherwise would if you have a lot of that that cleanup to do. Um, so we'll see. Anyway, we are brought to you this episode by Issue. So whether you work for yourself or you're part of a team, it's time to get creative. Make your online presence and your business stand out from the rest with Issue. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content from marketing materials and magazines to catalogs and portfolios and so much more. There's no need for endless scrolling through PDFs. Issue features your digital content in an easy-to-view way on every device. You make it once, and you can, you can then distribute it any, everywhere without reformatting. Your content's automatically optimized for engagement and ready to share, which saves you so much time. Issue also works seamlessly with the tools you already use and love, like Canva, Dropbox, MailChimp, InDesign, and more. Content and issue can be published as public or private, so you can have, you know, for example, private content that only uh, people with the link can view, and public content will be available for your audience, and it'll be available for others to discover on the issue platform. This is pretty cool. The platform also provides statistics on how your content is being consumed, so you can learn more about your audience with data on impressions, clicks on content, duration spent reading, pages viewed, and again, so much more. Check out Issue. Issue helps creators, marketers, designers, and really anyone who wants to make content that stands out. Get started with Issue today for free or sign up for an annual premium account and get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use promo code RADAR. Issue is kind of spelled like the magazine issue, but replace the last E with a U. So it's I-S-S-U-U. I-S-S-U-U dot com slash radar and promo code radar at checkout for your free starter account or 50% off an annual premium account. One more time, issue I-S-S-U-U dot com slash radar and promo code radar at checkout. Our thanks to issue for their support of Under the Radar and all of Relay FM. Yeah, so I think maybe an interesting place to kind of wrap up this discussion is maybe getting a little bit specific in terms of I guess our plans or thoughts for the next you know few months, and I think for me, like I'm you know sort of halfway through this big update to Pedometer Plus Plus, and my focus for the next couple of months is going to be to try and actually ship it. Which I will say, as someone who has gone through this process many times, I do find somewhat intimidating um, that I know how easy it is for redesigns and rebuilds and things like this to sort of scale out in complexity and scope and kind of what it is I want to do um, to such a point that it's it's like so hard to actually get to the point that you're actually going to ship it. And so for me, my sort of focus and intent for the next month or two at least is to say, okay, what is the scope of this project? What, did it, what is it that I feel like I could realistically, you know, ship by maybe March 1st? with the understanding that most likely I won't ship March 1st, maybe it'll be March 15th, the end of March, but like two months, you know, two months from now, what could I get done? Scope it for that. Remind myself that uh, saving features for subsequent updates is actually a good thing, um, which is one of those little things that I sometimes I find in this kind of a context where I'm trying so hard to kind of cram things in is to say, actually, if I leave a feature for the, you know, for the next point release, that's actually a good thing that creates more interest going forward and demonstrates work and lets me respond to my customers. So I have to keep telling myself that because I think in my 
natural state, I will just keep, you know, sort of gobbling up features and tr- keep adding them and trying to squeeze them in um, until I can. So I'm telling myself, no, like find the set of features that you think is core and essential, find the kind of scope that you can manage and do. And then that's going to be my f- sort of primary focus uh, between now and then and get that shipped. And then part of that is after that, it's like, we'll see, we'll see if this update um, has, you know, a, a, how it's received, how it works there. I think I look forward to doing a, lot, a bit more beta testing for this feature, this update, than I have in the past. That's something that I feel like I don't do well. And so it's like I look forward to trying to get better at that uh, with this update. Also working a lot of things towards um, accessibility and localization that I haven't done before. Like it has been really fascinating in this update so far to really embrace dynamic type. Like I think it's easy to have a basic support for dynamic type, but to actually go from the ground up because I'm rebuilding everything anyway. So it'd be like from the start, how would I you know structure this so that I can make my app you know, I adjust to different text sizes. So those are the kinds of themes and things that I'm really kind of trying to pay attention to and work towards, um, you know, in the next two or three months in the hopes of kind of clearing that off, having that app, you know, happily in a place where it's modern, it's moving forward, it's not all Objective-C and UI kit and full of pain and suffering as a result. So that's like my main goal for the next couple of months. Awesome. Yeah, my, my main goal is... Uh, I, I have such a hard time like setting these because w- here's what I what I want to make my main goal. I want to make my main goal some kind of large you know overcast modernization of of the, a lot of the code base and start you know start doing some of the UI and Swift UI and and have my sync engine running with the new Blackbird database and things like that. Um, and <laughs> that's unfortunately um, that's really ambitious. And whenever I set a a large ambitious goal like that. Um, for any kind of time span, it just doesn't really happen. You know, I, that's why like my my quote redesigns take like three years to do. You know, two screens because sure. it's just it's always so much bigger than that when when I actually try it. And I and I always have so much more on my plate than I think I do, uh, or or something comes up or or whatever. So I I know better than to set a large concrete goal. So instead, I, I I'm just going to set um, vague. <laughs> more achievable goals um you know more in the more in the the context of a cortex theme uh where i just i want this to be the year of real overcast modernization uh and and real technical debt replacement and and so you know I, i do want this to be a year of large moves into swift swift ui and blackbird for overcast uh, and that's going to mean a lot of rewriting code and I'm usually pretty hesitant to rewrite working code. You know, I, I read Joel on software a million years ago. Like, I, I know that rewrites are usually considered, you know, a bad idea, and for good reason. Uh, um, but, you know, this is a this is a pretty old code base now, and I, I there are just so many things that I just feel tied down with legacy code by. Um, so much modernization I'd like to do, um, so many features that I'd like to add or changes I would like to make or design updates I'd like to do. And, and I, you know, as I mentioned in the past, uh, my, my big redesign I did about a year and a half ago, uh, or a year ago, whenever that was, uh, I did it all on Objective-C, and, and that ended up being really stupid. <laughs> because, like, there are things people ask for, like, there are changes people ask for, or little tweaks or customization options that I know if I did it in Swift UI, I could do that in five minutes. 
Yeah. But because I did it in all the old code, all Objective-C, all UI kit, I know that I'm just never going to do that. Because not only will it take more than five minutes, but it would introduce a level of complexity to the code that uh, that it's just not worth maintaining over time. And, and I don't want I don't want to do that to myself or to my code or to my app. And it would make it buggier and and more bloated and everything. And so it, it really is holding on to the legacy is is holding me back in a lot of ways now. And and, it, and it's not that it's not that all those were were bad languages and bad frameworks. It's that our needs have outgrown them in terms of like what one indie developer is expected to do with an app these days all the different uh you know views and extensions and and different versions of our app and ui different forms they have to take different um, environments they have to be shown in different sizes and color schemes and and accessibility settings as you mentioned And, and there's so many different things that you know different different um i guess faces of our app and and different environments again that those have to be shown in that that it's just really hard to keep up with all of that and, and to make something that's that's good and good-looking and performant and accessible um, and, and to, to do all that as one person writing an Objective-C and UI kit with any kind of non-trivial app um, is just a lot to ask for one person. And so I, I can't keep up. I, I can say that for you know, those of you out there who can, that's great. You probably work better than I do. That's not, you know, that's not hard, but <laughs> I'm not a very good worker, but, you know, I, I can't keep up myself with, with all of that. And so I need to use these more advanced tools to keep up better. I need to use higher level stuff. I need to use less customization. And that to me means Swift and Swift UI and Blackbird, hopefully. And so that that's what I want to do is start doing these major breaking changes, these major rewriting components. Um, and hopefully what I'm left with is way less code and way easier to change and modernize and tweak over time, um, way easier to give people what they've been asking for, for for months or years. Like I have so many feature requests that just keep coming up over and over again that I would love to do for people. Um, and and I'm just held back so much by this mountain of very complex UI kit code <laughs> that, that I, and, and mostly UI kit is most of the problem in, in my app. It's not necessarily Objective-C. I mean, it happens to be Objective-C, and I can I can write it more concisely and better with Swift now, but mostly it's this is I'm talking about a move to Swift UI mostly, and I think that will save me a lot in the long run. But it it will cost a lot in the meantime. It'll be basically an entire spring of like no feature updates, and that's that kind of sucks for everybody. But you know that's sometimes you got to do that. And I think after all this time, you know, with the, with this app that I wrote. I wrote most of these screens that I'm on to replace like eight years ago. So I think it's, I think it's about time. Yeah. And I think the only thing that I would sort of challenge you on or make you sort of hope, hopefully you can think about is making sure that you, there isn't a, a path forward for you where you do this in a incremental quick win kind of approach um, where I think about it is, and this is just coming purely from my own experience with Parameter Plus Plus and the update I'm doing there. Is it's like there is a part of me that regrets that I'm doing this as these kind of large holistic rewrite. Like now, like halfway through the rewrite, where like maybe what I should have done is just been working towards taking each section of the app and kind of work on it a little bit, and then just ship it and kind of work towards it in a way that makes it doesn't feel like I'm not built, sort of continuing to throw plates into the air that I'm trying to juggle. And at some point, the complexity of that and the, cha- the the size of it just is kind of weighing me down a little bit. And so the only thing that I would say to you is think if, if there are places in the app that you could 
replace with Swift and Swift UI and get it out there and sort of start to get some momentum going. And in some ways it makes me think of like your, say like your purchase screen. I know we've talked in the last, you know, a few episodes ago about, you know, paywalls and things there. It's like, just rewrite that screen in Swift and Swift UI and start there or your, the now playing screen perhaps, or like something that's just like picking something rather than feel viewing it as, um, sort of this whole this holistic thing because it is I have found something that I find really difficult and especially if I'm honest coming back into work um, after the holidays is doubly so like just a little like pro tip that I will rec- recommend everyone try is when you're coming back from a, a break try and find something that you can think you might be able to like make good progress on in a day or two and just work on that. Even if it's not the most important thing, even if it's not the most urgent thing, but something to kind of like, you know, you don't want to go and, you know, run a race without warming up. It's like you need some kind of warm up to just get back into the flow. Remember how things are, remember where things are like just physically and mentally, like just something that I've found time and time again. So like I have a little project that I'm expecting to sort of tackle inside of, the pedometer plus plus update um, today and tomorrow, but it's like just a nice little quick win. It'll be done. And then I can actually like turn around and, you know, face the mountain of features and the mountain of other stuff that I want to be chipping away at in the next few months. But like, hopefully with a little bit of like a quick win under my belt before I get there. So just a thought. Yeah, that's a good idea. I should probably do that. <laughs> I guess I, I've been trying to avoid having to do a whole bunch of bridge code. Like if, if I convert part of the, like, you know, say I convert sure. the sync engine over to Blackbird, then I have to write a whole bunch of bridge code for all the other Objective-C code that's still there in the app to access all the new database models and stuff sure. like that. Um, and so I've been trying to avoid that. But I, I, I think you're, I mean, there are things like the purchase screen that are terrible that I could probably <laughs> rewrite. So thank you. That's good advice. Anyway. Good luck, everybody, starting off your new year. Happy New Year, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Happy New Year. See you in two weeks.